and welcome to Unsolicited, the podcast that gives fictional characters advice they did not ask for. I'm Emily Blake. And I'm Owen Evans. Happy New Year, folks. As you know, Owen and I are both invested in the school system. I'm a teacher, and Owen started grad school this fall. Over the course of our winter breaks, we've been thinking a ton about self-care and the ways that we care for others, so we wanted to start the year with an episode about the Shel Silverstein classic, The Giving Tree. Owen, tell us what happens in the book. Here's your regular spoiler alert. <laughs> so in the beginning, we're introduced to this tree, The Giving Tree. The Giving Tree meets a little boy, and they become friends, and they play... And the boy climbs the tree and um, they have lots of fun times together and make and make memories. Um, and the boy grows up and um, no longer is interested in playing so much as as other things. And, and the boy asks the tree for money and the tree says, well, I can't give you money, but you could sell my apples Um and so the tree gives the boy her apples. And it's, it's important to note, and I'm sure we'll unpack this later, that the tree is a woman, a, a female tree. Um, and so the boy uh, grows up a little bit more and tells the tree um, he wants to build a house uh, for a family. And so the tree says, well, take my branches. You can use them to build a house. And then the, the boy leaves again, and the tree, the tree does not see the boy and becomes sad, sad tree. And then the boy comes back and um, expresses to the tree that he is is sad and wants to get away um, and needs needs a way to, to get far away. And so the tree says, well, cut down my trunk and you can build a boat and you can use that to get away. And so the boy does. He builds a boat. Um, and then many years later, the boy comes back. He's now an old man. Um, and all the tree is able to offer at this point is just a, a stump to sit on. Um, for the old man and uh and then the tree is uh just a little stump that's what happens <laughs> yeah sorry it's a pretty short story and i remember as a kid thinking that it was really cute what a beautiful relationship between this tree and this boy mm-hmm. what do you think we're supposed to get out of this book like what do you think the intended moral of the story is owen yeah you know i i think the moral of this story um is that uh, in order in order to to give and and care for people in your life you first have to give and care for yourself i think that that's what i get out of it now but i'm not sure that was the point of the story when it was written um i honestly kind of think that it was intended to be about gosh what a cute relationship and how nice that we can come back and continue to depend upon the people on whom we've always depended. Mm -hmm. Um, How great is it that nature continues to provide for us and, and we're able to use the whole Buffalo, so to speak, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, now I, I find it really troubling. I, I remember this being one of the stories that we read in elementary school and, you know, I, I think it's a really common read aloud and it definitely is intended for an audience of children. And I, I think mm-hmm. the real moral is maybe very difficult to grasp if you're a child. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you haven't experienced it at that point in your life, you know, and that's what's I, I think is the thing that, that keeps bringing us back to stories like this is as, as you grow and go through things and, and deal with 
pain and trauma or enjoy and whatever and all this stuff that happens to you, these books start to mean completely different things when you read them. Yeah. Well, and now that I'm reading this as an adult, I wonder almost whether it was intended for an adult audience. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, I think so, children's yeah. books often are really poignant and we, you know, we give them to adults as gifts at important moments. Um, one of the really common graduation gifts that I see is, oh, the places you'll go and things like that, that mm-hmm. are definitely children's books intended supposedly for children. But who do you, if you had to guess, and we are ascribing an intent (laughs) to a real person here, but if you had to guess, do you think this book was intended for children or intended for adults? I mean, I definitely think it's a cautionary tale for adults. Um, I, you know, I, I think as, as a child reading this, um, I, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of remember what I was feeling at that time in my life, but. But yeah, I I think as as a child, I would have thought something more similar to you, you know, like this is this is exciting to think about, you know, like having a relationship like this, Um, just, you know, to to have that that close bond with somebody. But yeah, as uh, I I think I I, I do think this is probably written as as a cautionary tale um, for, you know, parents first of all well first of all first off um but um if you know yeah adults of all kinds because we have we all have relationships um that we care about and devote a lot of ourselves to um and but there's a right way to do that and definitely a wrong way totally so let's talk a little bit about what elements we see in the story now looking at it as adults we definitely have touched on the idea of toxic relationships those non-reciprocal relationships where one person is giving far more than they have to offer really when we start Mm -hmm. to give of our actual self rather than of our resources we're we're given too much oh that's a great way to think about it yeah, I mean, this This tree allows herself to be cut entirely to the ground for for someone else. And that someone else, in this case, is not doing any care for the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, the boy's not coming back and watering it and making sure that it's fertilized. Mm-hmm. The boy's just coming back to ask for more. And that's really troubling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Emily, how have you, how have you handed those kind of people in your life, either in like a a personal situation or, um, in a a professional setting too? Uh, good question. I think, well, it's, it's hard to reflect on that honestly, because it's hard to reflect on that honestly, because I think a key element of this relationship is that the tree doesn't see that she's giving too much. Right. Yeah. And I I think the tree has plenty of time to reflect on it, but one pain point of the story is that as the boy leaves, the tree continues to be sorry and continues to be lonely. And at the end says, I'm sorry, but I don't have anything left to give you. And ultimately that that is really troubling, right? Yeah. Um I think it makes it difficult also to give a fair analysis of who those people might be in our own lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the kind of the point is that you can't see that you're giving too much. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Owen, can you think of any people in your life that that maybe you've given too much of yourself to or um, supported beyond what was reasonable for your relationship? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I've been on both sides of this story, honestly, um, which is, you know, of, of course, um, something I've tried to, tried to, um, uh, work on with myself in those relationships where I'm, you know, kind of acting as the, the little boy. Um, but that, you know, there have been times in my life too, where, where I feel like, um, I've given a lot and it's, it's not, it's not giving me any, any satisfaction back. And that's, it's really frustrating. Um, and I, I don't, I wouldn't say I've ever, um, like hardline cut somebody out of my life, which is, I, I know is a thing a lot of people do. A lot of my friends have had to do. Um, I've been fortunate enough to not really have a, a connection with, with anybody that, um, that was toxic to that level. I think I, I could confidently say that, um, which I feel very lucky for. Um, but, uh, and going back to the story, you know, um, like, like you said, the, the, the most troubling part is the, the amount of time that goes in between, um, you know, the, uh, meetings between the little boy and the tree. Um, because I don't think it's necessarily bad to, to, to ask for support when you need it. And it's not bad to, to, to give when you can, um, but to, yeah, you know, to, to, to ask for so much and not even invest any time in the relationship, you know, you know, the, the little boy leaves for, for years and the tree hears nothing. And that's just, that's really heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. By the same token, when I hear from someone who I haven't heard from in a long time, I'm usually excited about it. Right. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I don't sure, think we sure. want to suggest that if our friends disappear for a long time or are busy managing their own lives, we're not suggesting that that should be the end of a friendship. <laughs> Absolutely right? not. Absolutely not. Yeah. That ebb and flow is really important, yeah. but it should go in both directions. Definitely. Yeah. So what do you think are sort of some red flags for whether a relationship might be entering this particular kind of toxicity the giving tree kind of toxicity that is a great question yeah to think practically about it um that is that is a really good question um i you know i i i think i think the amount of communication is is a big indicator um you know how how much is each person each member of the relationship um reaching out um for whatever you know just to to talk or or to to plan a time to get together, you know, it's, it's, it's all important. Um, I think, I, I think another indicator is just to be honest with your feelings, you know, and to, to trust your instincts. Like if, if you, if you talk to somebody or see somebody and you're not, and, and you, you leave and you're not feeling satisfied or you have some kind of, feeling that's just other than happiness and joy. That's, I don't know if I'd call that a red flag, but it's definitely something to think about for me. What about you? Yeah, totally. Um, I think that resentment piece, how you walk away from your interactions is really key. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the story shows a lot of sorrow and grief and 
yeah, if if you're coming out of more interactions feeling icky than you are feeling good, it might be time to start thinking about distancing yourself from that person yeah. or at least saying no sometimes when they ask for things. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also think I have had the the experience of cutting a few people out of my life. It's it hasn't been common for which I'm grateful. Um, but I've I've definitely had a couple of people who I gave more of myself to than I was comfortable giving mm-hmm. um, in the form of repeated opportunities when when I saw that they were making truly selfish and often overtly cruel decisions. Mm. Um, and those are the kinds yeah. of people that I've just kind of gone, you know, I'm not going to take great pains to, to let them know they're cut out or anything, but boy, mm. I'm never going to be the person who starts the conversation again. Mm. And, and I haven't in those circumstances. So I, I might run into them through common friends or in professional settings or what have you, but but, but I don't really do that kind of stuff. And I think in each of those situations, I waited too long to make that decision because we experienced a series of boiling points before I made the decision to to end initiation, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And typically, I am not a person who gets angry or frustrated at other people super easily. Yeah. Um. Or maybe I am. I suppose you're a better judge of that than I am. But <laughs> it, I've had, I've been fortunate not not to have that experience with very many people, at least. So when I am starting to go, man, this person is really making me mad. That usually is a sign that something is actually wrong. And yeah, if yeah. they're not receptive to a conversation about it, or if you're uncomfortable opening a conversation about it, it might be a sign that the relationship is not worth continuing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That That's a key piece. That last thing you said, you know, if, if the thought of having that conversation with that person scares you. Um, well, and there's something important to be said there too, about the idea that confrontation is really uncomfortable for like almost all of us. Mm-hmm. It's not, if, if you are a person who loves confrontation, congrats to you. You're going to have a really good time in a lot of modern America, <laughs> but um, most of us, when we start thinking about upsetting people who we care about or who we ostensibly care about, mm-hmm. most of us aren't excited about it. Mm-hmm. And that's not the same thing that I'm talking about. Um, if you, if you're just going, boy, I'm uncomfortable having this conversation. That's very different from going, having this conversation will ruin things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- those are two really different experiences, right? Yeah. Yeah, or to the very extreme, you know, having this conversation might actually bring me physical harm. Yeah, absolutely. If you're in any relationships that you think might bring you physical harm for representing the truth or your perception in kind and intentional ways, you you should probably be looking to get out of that relationship. Yeah. But like you said before, it's, it's, it's hard to see when you're in it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I I think there's another dynamic worth discussing here. You mentioned in your synopsis that throughout the story, the the giving tree is given female pronouns. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's an important element of the story? I I I do think so. You know, it's I um obviously we can't read Shel Silverstein's mind, um, but I mean I mean that's just that's how our society works. You know, it's, it's we see it 
everywhere all, all the time, but, um, young, young girls, um, uh, you know, being, being taught from a very young age, um, to, to be nurturers and, and carers and, and providers. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and men in, in, in our society are, um, you know, fit those characteristics of, of the, the little boy, um, uh, you know, uh, emotionally detached, um, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and girls aren't just taught to be nurturers. They're often sort of taught that martyrdom is the only thing that gives them value. Mm. I hear this all the time in people our age when women who are moms start talking about going shopping and they'll say, well, I got this for my kid and this for my kid and this for my kid. And I, I also got this for me and I know that I shouldn't have, but you know, and Mm. even those small sacrifices, if, if you are someone who has means and wants something, it's okay to give yourself that thing. Yes. I I work a full-time job, and while I'm not someone who spends frivolously, I'm not going to feel badly about spending money on things that I care about or on people that I care about. And I mm-hmm. don't feel like I need to spend on on the people around me before myself. I have a wonderful, wonderful partner and he does not need me to buy him gifts instead of buying (laughs) myself the things that I want. Right. Yeah. Um, such a good point. If I am excited about giving a gift, fantastic. And obviously there is in the example I gave a, a very important burden of care. So I'm also not suggesting that that women or or men for that matter should neglect their children for their own wants that's not what i'm saying at all mm-hmm. but if you have extra you shouldn't feel like you have to excuse investing in yourself absolutely absolutely one one thing i've kind of really come to realize in in the last year is like the importance of celebrating yourself you know, and um, celebrating your accomplishments and your victories and Mm -hmm. just take a second to live in that moment and feel good about it. You know, Um, it's, it feels really, really great when you do that. Right. And while that doesn't seem like it should be gendered, it often is, right? Yeah. Our society celebrates a lot of the things that are considered victories for men a lot more readily than it, than it, celebrates things that are victories for women yeah mm-hmm. so for instance think about the kind of glory that sports teams receive yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's and it's really, really interesting because even the fandoms of those sports teams uh share those victories yeah. and while there definitely are lots of women who are invested in sports that is a primarily male pursuit yeah, similarly not to mention the I'll, wage gap Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Men are given promotions a lot more readily than women are for a variety of of reasons. It would take another entire podcast episode at least to get into (laughs) into the wage gap. Um, But we celebrate the receipt of a new title or of a raise or, you know, a, a lot of things that come more easily to men than than we do to women and Mm. the kind of things that women often celebrate are things like i lost five pounds yeah right right. things that shrink women or make them smaller right um 
And why are we, don't get me wrong, I love celebrating an engagement or celebrating a a wedding, but why are the things that we judge women on so often based on relationships and whether they have one or not, rather than based on their own expertise and experiences and the things that they're choosing to do? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to talk about this stuff. Thanks, Shel Silverstein, for facilitating these important conversations. Yeah. Thanks, Shel Silverstein. If you just <laughs> said he, we wouldn't have gotten to have that conversation. Yeah. And uh-huh. boy, do I like riffing on on women's inequities. Yeah. I, I, I really do think it was an intentional decision to, to make the giving tree a woman. I do too. And I, I think it's even very possible that this woman, the woman the giving tree was intended to represent was the boy's mom. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the relationship, uh, in, in my life that, that first comes to mind when I read this story, you know, I just, for all that my mom has given and provided to me, like, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I've, I've returned that. Not that I ever could, you, how could you ever fully return a mother's love? But, you know, Yeah, you know, we just had this conversation with my mom today. We are belatedly celebrating Christmas in my family today. And um, my brother and I do all our gifts to our parents as shared gifts so that it never becomes a a comparative situation. And we got my mom some bigger things this year. Wait, hold on. I have to pause you for a second. You and your brother don't actively compete for most favorite child? What? It's not really competition. Uh, Tristan's best friend is an easy winner in that competition. <laughs> so, like, that's out the door. Why? Why would we even bother? Um, that's. I mean, that's our ongoing family joke. We we talk all the time about how my brother's best friend is is the favorite son. Our parents would never actually say that, but he is very cool, and I would understand if it was true. So that's hilarious. Anyway, so we we decided a few years back, like man, I always feel bad when I look at what you gave or when you look at what I gave. And, you know, we, we want to make sure that things feel good and that everyone gets to walk out of this feeling good. So anyway, we gave my mom some, some bigger gifts this year and she had a kind of a hard time receiving them and, and said, well, gosh, I, now I feel like I didn't give you guys enough. And, and we just kind of went, mom, we are all adults with jobs. You're (laughs) retired and we're full grown. And at this stage, we buy the things that we want and you don't need to give us a ton of stuff. But we also know that the things we gave you are not things you would buy yourself and they are things that you do or will enjoy. So let it go. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I love that. I love that philosophy about gift giving. And in fact, we were talking about gift giving just uh, just the other day. And, you know, um, I, I think I think that that if you if you come across a gift and it doesn't whatever, like a holiday or Christmas time or whatever, like whenever and 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 you feel compelled to to get it for someone or, or it's just shouting someone's name um, I, I think I think that's what the spirit of gift giving should should be more focused on, you know, rather than being, Mm -hmm. um, oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Obligated to get a gift. Yeah. It is so painful to come up to some of these gift giving holidays and you have kind of a long list of people in your mind of who you really should give gifts to and who you have something 
a great idea for and and then the people that you know you have to get something but god what do i get them yeah and that that just kind of icky feeling of god what do i get them is something i really really hate and yeah i i fall into that trap sometimes still there are some people in my life that i know i need to get something or they'll be hurt but for the most part, I've really tried to set up relationships with my friends so that I can tell them, as I did you this year, you know, <laughs> I I want to let you know I really appreciate you and I love you a lot. And I just didn't find a gift that screamed your name this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and in your case, I, I think I actually said, I found a gift that's perfect for your partner, <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to let you know I wasn't forgetting you i just didn't find the right thing and someday it'll pop up and i'll get it for you then which i was so excited to hear because you know like that just you know that just shows so much care for for my partner who you know you two have kind of met through me and so the fact Mm -hmm. that you uh, want to invest in that relation that relationship too as well as our, our relationship that's that's pretty cool yeah absolutely and i'm i'm glad that things are that way i really love her (laughs) she's great okay um back on track though yeah (laughs) yeah no let's do a shout out to her because she's rad go (laughs) shout out to allison she's the best i love she really is very much you two are such a good fit okay so uh we've gotten through a lot of our our important talking points here but one of the big questions i wanted to be sure we discussed in this episode (laughs) is how we intend to genuinely care for ourselves this year. Have Hmm. you thought through that at all? What are you looking forward to in the new year? A little bit. I've thought, yeah, I've thought through that a little bit. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, we talk about this all the time, but being really clear with your boundaries, um, that's going to be a big one for me. Um, I'm uh, currently working on my my graduate degree, as as you know, um, and um, trying to uh, fit in as as many working hours as I can as well. Um, so I think if I'm not careful, it'll be easy to um, uh, let that go too far. And and so I just I just you know need to be really intentional about leaving time for for myself and and uh, you know other things. That's a balance I've really struggled with also, and I feel like it's one of my priorities every year. So I dream that this year I might figure it out. <laughs> um, that work-life balance thing, I, I think, is at the forefront of a lot of adults' minds. And if anyone has any tips, please write into us. You can reach us <laughs> at unsolicitedhosts at gmail.com, and we would love some tips about yeah. how to how to get yeah. our acts together. Yeah. You know, Emily, one thing that you're really good at that I'm terrible at is is saying no. I feel like that's one of your strengths. <laughs> you know, talking about that gender disparity, I think that's something girls are taught to do better than guys. Mm. Um, and I might take this back as we as we think through it. It's not true, certainly in all facets of our lives. But in terms of relationships, like girls are taught to turn down dates, right? Like, yeah, that sure. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. really basic. 
Um, by the same token, girls end up doing a lot of what what is termed unpromotable work, which is stuff around the office or in in whatever your role might be mm. that is helpful and is necessary, but is not something that you can really put on a resume. So, for instance, in yeah. almost every meeting, a girl ends up being the note taker and mm. no one has ever been promoted because they took great notes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think it's one of those balances and a lot of what, what you and I struggle with is balancing our friendships and the time commitments of, of yeah. what people we care about want from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think is where girls excel at no <laughs> versus balancing work commitments. And I think that's where guys excel at no. Like, no, I'm not yeah. taking on this extra project yeah. unless it also comes with extra pay Right. versus mm-hmm. girls are like, well, I want to be seen as a team player. So I'm, I, I will do that extra thing. Yes. That's My really plate is point. already full, but I'll stay an extra hour tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Um, did you, did you answer the question about how you're going to take care of yourself over the coming year? I think you no, kind of dig through what you said a little bit, but talk more about that. Sure. Yeah, I, I have a lot on my plate right now. I work a sort of more than full-time job uh, teaching band and choir. There are a lot of events outside of the school day, so just, just the teaching and prep work part yeah. is very full-time. But then we also have a lot of concerts, and we're, we're at a lot of games and parades and festivals and you know all these kinds of things, mm-hmm. um, which is an absolute blast. Like I love it but it's a lot of hours. My partner does the same job in a different (laughs) district, fairly far away. So it gets really difficult to balance our personal lives with that, uh, because we're rarely available at the same time. And on top of that, we got engaged a couple of months ago. So we're starting to figure out how to plan a wedding. Um, huge congratulations to you, by the way. Hey, thank you. Um, thanks. I love being celebrated for my relationships, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but in I all seriousness, thank you. <laughs> no, that's, that's really sweet. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're, we're really excited, but I think my biggest challenge is to figure out how to manage all of this stuff without treating the people around me badly or getting yeah. short tempered. Um, so I, I think I'm going to do a lot of self-reflection about how I respond, um, to a lot of outside influences. And I think I'm going to keep saying a lot of no's. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. The year of no. I love it. (laughs) No. But I'm also glad you said yes to this podcast. Yeah, me too. Best, best yes ever. Um, so... Oh, and what advice do you have for the giving tree? My advice to the giving tree. Um, hmm. I mean, there's the obvious one, right? You've got to, you've got to give to yourself. Um, yeah. Put on your own oxygen mask before assisting others. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I, I think, I, I think I will, will go with that because that it's, it's an obvious one, but it's so important. Give to yourself. You know, it's, it's easy uh, and celebrate yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's in, invest in yourself, you know, like 
where where you put your money that kind of reflects your priorities and and, and what you find to be the most important things and mm-hmm. you are the most important thing you are the most important thing in your life all the time oh and i got to tell you a story you ready yes when i was a teenager i went to a self defense seminar with an outstanding teacher uh a local guy who trained SWAT teams all across the country and was was doing a class for mostly female teachers about how to defend themselves. And mm. most of the most of the participants were a generation above me. My mom was was with me also. Um, and he asked at one point, "Hey, if someone came into the room and attacked you, would you fight back?" And a lot of them were like, oh, "I don't know. I mean, I I would try, I guess, but." But gosh, that sounds terrifying, and I really, I don't know how much I'd struggle. And then he said, if your daughter was being attacked by someone, would you try to fight them? And all of them were like, absolutely, yeah, mm. yeah, mm. of course. I, I, And a lot of them started, like, tearing up and crying. Wow. And he went, you are, you are as important as your children. You are as important as the people that you would defend. And mm-hmm. I need you to believe that, and I need you to be willing to defend yourselves. Um, and that was a really cool thing that I, I think about a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't give to others without yourself. (laughs) Yourself is, is, yeah, that's number one. Yeah. What about you? Your advice for the giving tree? I would advise the giving tree to say no. To say all kinds of no's. Say no to hanging out. Say selfish no's. Say non-promotable work no's. Say all kinds of no's. Say no to anything that you don't want to do. Say no to anything that you don't have to do. Say no to everything that you can, unless it's a real yes. Like, if the inside of you is going, heck yeah, awesome, say yes to that. And otherwise, say no to everything. Protect your time. Protect your investments. Protect yourself. And... Yeah, and this, honestly, this boy is kind of trash. He's kind of trash, and there, there is, there is a flip side to you know the, uh, the advice to, to say no, when, when no is said to you, be respectful of that. Yes. Yeah. So important. Mm-hmm. No means no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all no's mean no. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I, I see among friends, especially all the time, that is not, not a high stakes issue. But is the idea that when people say no, often we try to tease and cajole them into changing their mind. Yeah. And while there might be moments for that in our lives, I challenge our listeners to think about the most recent time they've seen something like that happen and whether it was really net benefit. Mm. Yeah. 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 I know. It's like it's um, like the I can think of times where uh, maybe there there was a, a hangout session with some friends being planned and, and mm-hmm. one particular friend didn't want to and then maybe we were successful in convincing them to but then it ends up not being a whole lot of fun anyway yeah like yeah. none of us need to be in places that we don't want to be and equally importantly we don't need to be with people who don't want to be there so if someone's saying no assume they mean yeah. it and move yeah. on mm-hmm. yeah. incidentally when I was in college, I, I didn't drink at all until I turned 21 and you were there. So, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the I was people there on your 21st who birthday have, too. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. um, a lot of the, the people who 
have remained in my life are the kinds of people who instead of going, ooh, this person is a challenge and I'm going to convince her to drink, um, heard that I didn't drink and went, okay, can I get you a water? (laughs) You (laughs) know, Uh those kinds of people who kept inviting me to, to be a part of their lives, even though I wasn't doing one of the big college activities of getting hammered Mm -hmm. and, and wanted to spend time with me anyway. Those are, are people I really care about and who I respect because I think that takes a really high degree of integrity at a relatively young age. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This was a fun episode. All right. Yeah, I did not expect to get quite so impassioned, but here we are. (laughs) Happy New Year, everyone. All right, you ready? Yes. Happy New Year, everyone. Unsolicited is a Salty Pup production. Music by Tristan Hurd. Publicity by Allison Biggie. Audio engineering by Robbie Rutherford. And art by Erica Peterson. Thanks also to my co-host, Owen Evans. My name is Emily Blake. Thanks for listening.